This podcast is sponsored by Smokers Abbey. They've got everything you could want. Craft cigars, quality pipe tobacco, a huge liquor and draft beer selection, everything you need to find rest for your soul. Smokers Abbey has two locations around the Nashville area, one right in the heart of East Nashville and the other over in Gallatin, Tennessee. So what are you waiting for? Head over to Smokers Abbey today. They're open late. Buckle your seatbelt and hold on. Where Nashville music scene comes alive. Right where you are. You're listening to Notable Nashville Podcast with your host, Groove Dr. J. Don't miss a beat. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning into Notable Nashville Podcast. Today's guest is Mike McKee. Mike, thanks so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Absolutely. You've got a lot of a lot of talent, a lot of good stuff going on. But um, before we get into that, I kind of want to know how you got to Nashville and, and how you started into getting into in the in the music industry. OK, yeah. Well, uh, music industry, I've been I've been kind of on the road since I was 18 years old. Um, don't really know how to do much of other th- anything else. So where did you grow up? Raleigh, North Carolina. North Carolina. Okay. Yeah, both my parents are piano professors and my whole family does music. Uh, not very good at sports, uh, but we can do music okay. Same. So, yeah. Same. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, after co- even during college, I was on the road. I was just playing uh, regionally uh, with original projects and cover band and things. And uh, in 2009, I joined Delta Ray and I've been with them ever since. And we started traveling uh, to New York and focusing Philadelphia, D.C., New York and um, and Raleigh and eventually got signed to Warner Brother Records. Wow. We were with Warner Brothers for several years, traveled the world, played on a bunch of late night shows, played in the Middle East, played for Michelle Obama, did some amazing things. Wow. So how did that happen? How did uh, you join this Delta Ray band? Um, So. I was running sound in 2007. I was running monitors at a frat party at Duke University. And the artist was Mike Posner playing for a frat party. And the keyboard player, uh, I was very impressed by the keyboard player. And I gave him my card. I said, hey, if this thing ever goes away and this is going to flop, you know, I know music. This is going to flop. Yeah, shows what I know, right? But anyway, because um, Posner went off to have a number one. Right, right, right. Um, but it turns out that was Eric Colgis, and that was his last gig with Posner. Gave my card and... We just stayed in touch through Facebook. And over the next couple of years, he and his siblings and, uh, and their family friend Liz uh, formed Delta Ray. And then they needed a rhythm section. And Eric goes, oh, I remember meeting this guy at a frat party I was playing keys for. Let's see if he's available. So he just messaged me on Facebook in oh, 2008, wow. I think. So I wonder, I wonder if he had even looked up your stuff, if he knew. Oh, yeah. Um, we, 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 our bands, we, could, we, we stayed in touch, like what, what his bands were oh, doing okay. and everything. But then... Uh, when Delta Ray, they were just, it was just four vocalists, uh-huh. keys and uh, and guitar, and it was time for some for drums and bass. So that's how I came in the fold. Okay, cool. Yeah, I I honestly had never listened to Delta Ray before I had met you, and I really dig the sound. It's kind of like rootsy, and um, I I, I want to go to a live show now that Thanks I so have listened to your music. Yeah, but. the live shows are, are are second to none. <laughs> They're a lot of fun. So I kind of want to tie in another thing that you uh, are a part of: Bald Man Percussion. Um, a mutual friend of ours, Danny um, Danny Young. Yep. You, you do that together and you kind of started that business by, you know, from the ground up. So Correct. how did you uh, get into that or wh- who had the idea of to, to start this? Well, you know, I was playing a show and his band was opening up. He walked in the room and we were wearing the same outfit. We had the same haircut, which is none. And we were like, OK, this is we're going to get along just fine. Just 
on appearances, but he saw this contraption I had on my drum kit and it was really ugly, but it sounded rad with chains and metal and wood on a hi-hat stand. He goes, that thing is cool. It sounds amazing, but it's ugly as hell. I'm a woodworker. Can I please make it better? And I said, yeah, knock yourself out. So he made one for himself a lot better, right? Uh-huh. And then fast forward, we were just texting back and forth like, oh, I, what if we do use this kind of wood and everything? And it was just for ourselves. And then he did a, he was on Stephen Colbert's show, late night show, and he played the his contraption, kind of the prototype of the junk hat. And Joe Saylor, the house drummer of Colbert, ran up and said, dude, I got to know what this, I got what is this thing? And so Danny called me like, man, you know, I like this thing. You like this thing. Joe Saylor likes this thing. Let's make a few and, and see what happens. And so, and it, one of the first people that reached out to us after we made the first 10 junk hats was Matt Chamberlain, who's my number one favorite drummer in the world. For those of y'all who don't know, look up, pause this podcast, look up Matt Chamberlain. He's, he's, uh, you know, the so, goat. So for those that don't know, what, what does he do? He's a drummer, uh, session stuff, Fiona Apple, the wallflowers, oh, wow, okay. just big, big hits and stuff. Anyway, um, then we started the patent process and getting a patent for our instrument. And I knew it's like, I don't want to call our brand the junk hat. I want to make, I don't want to paint ourselves into a corner, right? I want to have multiple products. So that's why we decided to call it Bald Man Percussion. A, because they're going to call us the bald guys no matter what we brand ourselves. But it's a bigger umbrella versus just the junk hat. So we can have other types of instruments, which we do. We have right. so many different inventions out there that drummers around the world are using. So junk hat was the was the main first thing, though. That's our flagship, yes. Okay. And I know, uh, you know, I, I feel like Danny has used it uh, in his, in his uh, acts as well that he that he plays for we don't make anything we don't use okay we don't make stuff widgets just for the sake of it you know we we uh we only will make things that we use on all of our gigs wow so before that happened were you um kind of creating things uh innovative ways to beef up your production or yeah. your your yeah. Uh, rhythm section and in, in delta ray yes so our flagship the, the band's first single the one that kind of got us all the conan o'briens and the jay leno's and all that stuff was a song called bottom of the river it's an acapella song however i play thick chains on a trash can for the percussion on an right? actual trash on can an actual 30 gallon metal trash wow, can okay and everywhere everywhere we play on our writer is a metal trash can wow <laughs> and i beat the hell out of it um but yeah, so that was the sound. So it's kind of this kind of sound. And I wanted to replicate that with my feet. So that's that was the the vehicle for the uh, Junk Hat was that first song from Delta Ray. So I was telling you before the interview that I really love watching late night television because I still have cable. Um, Conan wow. was, one of, was one of my favorite shows to watch. The best. Um, even, the best. even before he went on TBS and everything. But yeah. um, can you tell share some stories of like the late night performances that you've been on? Yeah. So our first one was Jay Leno. He was so nice. The first one there, the last one to leave and just worked so hard and was so kind, uh, did his show a couple of times. And then we did Conan show a couple of times and also such a kind soul, uh, a very, very tall man. I'm, I'm tall. This guy's very lanky. Oh yeah. But my claim to fame, I made Conan O'Brien laugh. We were backstage. He invited us to hang out after the, after the performance. And I don't remember what the joke was, but it was a genuine, not a courtesy laugh. It was a real laugh. It was a genuine laugh. Yes, I will take that one. Yeah, that's a win. <laughs> that's awesome because, I don't know, he's a funny man, but he seems very uh, stoic. Like, he would be hard to, to, to make laugh. He's a goofball. Yeah, no, yeah. At the end of the day, he's a goofball. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Jay Leno, you know, has a ton of cars. Did you ever get to see what he was driving? 
I, I didn't know what it was. It was this beautiful little sports, <laughs> a little blue sports that, car. That's awesome. Yeah. So then another, you, you kind of describe your career as three faceted. Uh, the other facet that we didn't talk about was um, the drum team collective. And yeah. this is basically, you know, a team of people that go out, you can hire uh, a team of people to kind of get uh, percussion into their ensemble or I don't know, you, you explain it. Yeah. So I'll back up a little bit. So after, after we signed to Warner Brothers, we left Warner Brothers and signed to Big Machine Records. Because this is going to get back to how did I land in Nashville. Okay. Um, so we signed to Big Machine Records out of Nashville. And so I was back and forth between Raleigh and uh, Nashville quite a bit. In fact, we, we did a 16-week residency at the basement, OG basement. We turned that venue into a haunted chapel. We had actors planted inside and outside. We had lights installed. The one over and, on 8th, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Every single week. Sold out every single time and cheap trick we had as a guest uh pop-in guest a uh, drake white amazing people just popped in and oh wow and, yeah and we jammed with them um but it was an immersive experience with these screens we set up with i mean it was it was something else it was really really special uh anyway i was back and forth quite a bit and just fell in love with the entrepreneurship of the city the energy of the city and eventually my wife and i moved out here we moved in a week before the tornado hit right before the lockdown so not the best timing in the world, but, mm. but we're here. And so that's how I ended up in Nashville, which largely uh, due to being with Big Machine and going back and forth quite a bit. Now, while we were with Big Machine, there was a radio tour in which all the vocalists went out on a radio tour for about, I don't know, three months maybe. And I was home, not on tour for the first time in my life. So in 2020. No, that was in 2017. Oh, in 2017. It, okay. Mm -hmm. So but pre, mm -hmm. pre pandemic. Right. Actually, it was 18. I'm sorry. It was 18. And uh, that's when I started Drum Team Collective, Rock and Roll Team Building, and Bald Man Percussion in that little stint of time because oh, wow. I was just home for a little while. Yeah. Right. So back to the, um, the drum team uh, thing. I, I had an idea for a drum circle, but not a drum circle. What if we used actual parts of the drum set in a semicircle. And I had somebody ask me, cold called me and said, hey, can you do a drum circle but not a drum circle for my team? I was like, I don't know how to do this. Give me give me an hour. And I sat and thought for a minute, like, uh -huh. how about this? And the company was Underwriters Laboratory for an ex, uh, a retreat in the Outer Banks of North Carolina. So I did a 90 minute instructional program of how to play drums. And I had a rock band with me that, and, and it it worked. Oh wow! These people have never picked up a drumstick in their life, but they're but they're playing the snare drum part to, yeah. um, you know, a Bon Jovi song. They're playing the bass drum part, quote unquote, to a Garth Brooks song. So, um, and then they rotate and learn different parts of the drum set and things like that. So it's about communication, learning how to play rock and roll together, and really bond together. And in Raleigh alone, last year we had. The biggest client, we had Facebook as a client, Meta, Facebook as a client, Cisco, Lenovo, Epic Games many times, Burt's Bees. I mean, the list goes on. Wow. These clients are coming to us and experiencing true rock and roll team building. And that's another reason we're in Nashville is to bring this program to Nashville Music City. So do you have a marketing team as well? Like, how do people find out about this thing? Or you just really network all the time? I network a lot. Yeah. And uh, we are number one on Yelp. In North Carolina for team building, okay. which is amazing, uh, but just natural SEO stuff and word of mouth. For sure. We try to put on the best show possible. In fact, as we're recording right now, there's an event happening in Durham, North Carolina. Oh, yeah. Team right, right now. Um, and then that would that was booked through word of mouth. So how long are these are these sessions? Usually uh, an hour to three hours, depending on the, the size of the, that they want. Okay. And then you outsource all these people that kind of uh, 
take charge of. That's the beauty. Yeah, That's yeah, the yeah. beauty of it is, is I have an amazing group of musicians and team leaders that I teach the program to and empower them to put their own personal spin on it and teach, teach the people and. Uh, everybody's happy. That's amazing. Thank you. Well, I think that's really cool that you have all these different, uh, your hand in all these things and Delta Ray is going out on another, another tour soon, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. This spring we're heading out West and then we'll have some Midwest dates as well. Um, but you know, I, early on, early on, I just felt like the music industry is so fickle and volatile. Like even if you're doing well, you need to have your hands in other things. So mm -hmm. that's something I tell every up and coming artist, no matter who they are, is have other skills, be able to lean on those things during lean times because they're going to happen. There'll be times in which the phone's not ringing. What else can you do? Mm -hmm. And you were discussing a little bit about how hard it was during, you know, the lockdown, the pandemic of 2020 to 2021 and you had to find other things to, to, to thrive. Nobody was touring. Nobody was, was yeah, doing so my, thing. Well, and I'm very grateful for what my band did. We had the ultimate pivot. I hate the word. We all hate the word, but we created a fan club uh, and it was Netflix of Delta Ray. We all made little episodes that oh, went wow. out every month. I did a bartending show when I told stories from the road. One of our singers did a, a gardening show. One read tarot cards and we did the best we could to make them high production value. And to this day, we still have about a thousand people that, that subscribe to that. And it's keeping us afloat. It's absolutely incredible. And the beauty is that it's a fan club. It's a community. These people talk to each other on our discord channel. They support each other. They help each other. Somebody might be having a really tough go. Um, and then there's, there's a hundreds of people that will encourage them. And it's all because of the Delta Ray community. That's awesome. Well, I kind of want to know, uh, you know, being in Nashville, you've been here for a while. Who are some of the people that you really believe in that you've worked with maybe in sessions or, you know, write, written with or anything of that nature? Um, anybody come to mind in Nashville? I'm really inspired by the entrepreneurship here. My buddy, Robbie Goldsmith, um, he just won Nashville 40 under 40. Oh, okay. And he runs Hustle Media, Rocket Experiences, and he's the CEO of Silver Belly Whiskey, which is the um, Alan Jackson whiskey. And uh, he's a nice, really super nice guy, but I also just I love his work ethic. And he's bringing on new staff, and I just we just went to a party at his new headquarters. So there's guys like that and gals like that, like that are all over Nashville. And that's what's so inspiring to me. The musicianship is inspiring, of course. And oh, yeah. I can't keep up with those players. I'm right now. I'm kind of like, what what are you guys doing? That's interesting and exciting that I can contribute to or you can contribute to the, my little world. You know, there's there's some good, good, good synergy. So for the people listening that want to kind of maybe uh, entrepreneurs or want to do something along the lines of what you're doing, where would you recommend they they look to uh, find these types of things? If you're in Nashville, I recommend joining the Yep community group on Facebook, oh, yeah, the young great. entertainment professionals. And from there you can spider web out and see different types of groups focusing on entrepreneurship. The entrepreneur center in, uh, in Nashville is fantastic. My wife runs her own company too. Oh, really? A corporate client gifting is called Memento and Muse is her company. So we spend a lot of time at the entrepreneurship center meeting people. And, uh, I, I would just say go to as many networking events as you can industry specific industry specific, you know, so what you, what you're wanting to look into, uh, yeah, yeah. just search it's there. It, it will be there. The yeah. city's big enough. It will be there. Well, that that's kind of a nice segue to what I wanted to close on. I wanted to play your song, take me there. Um, which is maybe 
cue it up of what what this song is about? Yeah. Um, well, so this song is off our one of our sister albums. We have a, two albums that we released independently called The Light in the Dark. And in 2019, we left Big Machine Records. Okay, at the same time that Taylor Swift did. So it was kind of a big tornado of energy, right? Oh, yeah. We launched a Kickstarter campaign. We asked for thirty thousand dollars to make our first independent record. We raised $465,000, making us the highest grossing band on Kickstarter history. How much? $465,000. Oh my gosh. We asked for 30. So our fans, we did a trust fall. And there's nothing more open and honest and vulnerable than asking your fans for money. Like we just really felt like, all right guys, this is this is it. We're gonna trust fall. And they, they had our back. And talk about a a tailwind of, of support for our 2020 spring tour. That's amazing. And that's when this lockdown happened. It was right at when we were supposed to do our first headlining independent tour. But this song was recorded. This is fanned, uh, fan funded off the light. And I play a lot of rototoms in it. A lot that, of drums in this song. That's so cool. So I want to know with this money that you got from the Kickstarter, were you able to fund it into your whole, in the, in this whole album that you made? Yeah, we made, we actually made a bunch of records where we were able to make the light and the dark off of that and, and make some music videos from that funding. We were able to play a bunch of house concerts as a result of the Kickstarter. Uh And, um, we still, we're still doing a few more house concerts even, even today. Awesome. So I guess to close out, we'll play that song at the end, but um, any words of advice or any uh, any tidbits you want to give to the community that are listening right now? Yeah, um, life is long, but it's also short. And I, I feel like this sounds very cliche, but not settling for something you don't want to do, finding uh, finding is man, these are all these cliches, find a passion, yada, yada. I don't I mean. Okay, one really great piece of advice that I've heard over the years is that some people are going to love you for the same reason some people are going to hate you. So you got a lot of artists listening to this podcast, right? A lot of creators. There's going to be a group of people that love what you're doing for reason X. And then there's going to be a group of people that hate you for the exact same reason that those people love you. And lean in to those that love you and lean into what you do and just double down on that because the haters are going to be there full stop no matter what you're doing if you're creating products if you are making music if you are starting up a company it's going to happen so lean into those that uh love you for what you're doing that's great i love that well thanks so much mike uh thanks for stopping by and uh we'll close this out with take me there thank you Chance to win.
Thanks for tuning in to Notable Nashville Podcast, broadcast from Acme Radio Live right in the heart of downtown Nashville. Check us out on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And if you like it, you can also support this podcast on Anchor by clicking the link in the platform that you are listening on. Hey, until next time, thanks for listening to Notable Nashville Podcasts.